This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. On the show today, we're going to be talking about P2P financing or peer-to-peer financing with Tunku Dani Nasaifuddin Muzaffa, CEO and founder of Microleap, as well as Matthew Fernandez, partner and COO of Microleap. Now, Microleap is an Islamic and unconventional P2P financing platform regulated by the Securities Commission of Malaysia. They've thus far dis- disbursed over 20 million ringgit in financing to its issuers and hope to build a community of P2P investors that are looking for impact investments in micro-enterprises looking for alternative financing. Gentlemen, welcome to Resource Centre. Good morning, Audrey. Morning, Audrey. Thank you. So, um, can we start with some background into P2P? You know, um, what's the purpose of P2P lending and, and has it played an important role in the Malaysian landscape? Yeah, um, so let me start. So thank you, Audrey, for giving us the opportunity to come here. So P2P or P2P financing um, is a, both a investment platform and a financing platform that is regulated by the Securities Commission of Malaysia. According to the SC, there is a 90 billion ringgit funding cap for mm. micro and small medium enterprises in the country, which is huge, which is why they have regulated and set up um, P2P operators, uh, they have 11 that is regulated by, uh, by the Securities Commission. And the aim is to really plug this you know, 90 billion ringgit funding gap. Hmm. So how it works is, uh, my favourite example is your Machi in Kuala Pila that wants 10,000 ringgit. She, she can't get financing from a bank. She goes to an alternative financing uh, operator such as us. And she gets funded by, not by, by a bank, but say 100 people. You or me, anyone, any individuals that are looking for, for yield, uh, returns. There's also impact by giving these financing to these small um, micro-enterprises. Right. And is there a cap to it? You know, because you spoke about the Machi in Kuala Pila, right? You know, and that's just 10K. But is there a cap to how much um, entrepreneurs can actually obtain via P2P financing? Yeah, there's no cap uh, under our regulation. So uh, we funded anywhere from your Machi and for 10,000 ringgit, but also big names like Money Match, has, mm. has, uh, we financed them 1 million ringgit. So mm. our mm. range is, is, is pretty large. Right. Yep. Um, I, I asked earlier about the impact that it's made on the Malaysian landscape. And has it played an important role in Malaysia over the years, P2P financing? Yes, uh, definitely. So our example, which Matthew can chime in, mm. is we, have, we had a Goreng Pisang seller down in JB. Mm. who Matthew used to go as, as yeah. a kid. Um, <laughs> yep. She needed about 15,000 ringgit to, to raise her financing. It was a 30-year business. She's making revenue. Um, mm. But she only uh, registered her company two years ago. Mm. Now, she went to all the banks. The bank said, you do not meet the minimum criteria for three years of operations. So she couldn't get a loan. She came mm. to us. Um, she hosted her investment note, we call it, on our platform. And within two days, she managed to raise that 15,000 ringgit. Um, mm. She used it for uh, store renovation and also online and offline ads. And she actually saw a 30% increase in sales because of it. Yep. 
it was, I mean, I used, I literally used to cycle to that shop. So I know exactly where it was. I was like, oh, okay, this is this the same one? And she was like, yeah, yeah, this is the same business. But only issue is, you know, and she pivoted online. I think that was the, the important thing for us. Right. Because maybe the banks didn't see that or they didn't count the, uh, you know, the uh, food panda grab sales, etc. But for us, that revenue meant that, yeah, you can, you can more definitely afford your financing. And thankfully, I can uh, happily say that she's fully repaid as well. So all the investors are happy. She did an early settlement. But, you know, that's the kind of thing. Like, we, we saw that opportunity where she pivoted. Um, you know, maybe the banks can't see it, but, you know, we, I mean, and also the important part was she kept coming back to us. You know, like, uh, it, there was no real wastage of time. There was any things that we needed from She's her. She's quite she, responsive. Uh, quite responsive. Because the problem is sometimes these, uh, the issuers are not responsive, yet are, are basically giving us a year full of, oh, why is it taking so long? Mm. Um, but we're still waiting on your documentation. So, you know, so that was one of the things which, in this case, was really, was kind of seamless and as uh, uh, Tung Dan, pointed out it was two days when she was fully funded so it right. was fast right. you know, so, that's yeah. really quick but yeah. what kind of um, checks do you have to go, uh, does an issuer have to go through you know, is the, what's the evaluation process like yeah so under Securities Commission rules, we cannot help finance personal financing. It's mm. strictly prohibited. Yep. Um, because I, I, I agree, because you're only allowed to finance companies. So minimum is a sole prop or enterprise. Uh, I think SC's thinking is they want to get financing to these small companies for them to make more money mm-hmm. rather than personal financing where you borrow to buy the latest iPhone, for example. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... The, what she needed was her financial statements. Uh, everything is mm. online. Um, she yeah. didn't even have to come to see us face to face. I've ne- never actually met her. Uh, yeah, I, I have. <laughs> I yeah. went back to JB, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, financial statements, bank account statements. We need to show that she's making enough revenue, enough profit to pay back her financing. Uh, and she needs to be just a minimum operation within six months. Mm. Um, and then we host it on our platform. And if investors like it, um, then they will invest or lend lend to these um, small micro enterprises. Yeah. Right. We we also provide micro insurance uh, at our expense. So in case uh, the best example is usually the food truck driver. Easiest way to illustrate it in the sense that if say the food truck driver broke his arm, broke his leg because it's a group personal accident insurance. So I mean obviously if he can't drive the food truck, he can't pay the financings. He's got forty thousand out of fifty thousand left. The entire principles uh, and uh, outstanding balance is covered. And uh, be paid back to our trustees. Our trustees will pay back to all our investors. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just about lending to us. Not just about yeah. financing. We want to give more, and we give these financing to these micro enterprises and, and SMEs. So we provide them free personal accident insurance. Mm. Uh, we also provide them free online video tutorial on basic yep. debt management and basic bookkeeping in English so, and Malay. In English well. and Malay, so they know what to do with those funds when they get it. You know, a lot of these machis get these funds, they don't know how to manage it, so they actually have to pass our modules before we give them the financing. Mm. Mm, interesting. Yeah, the carry and stick method always works. Yeah. <laughs> so most of the examples that you've given me uh, have actually been in the F&B segment. Is that predominantly the segment that you see coming in for P2P financing? Um, we do a lot of F&B. Uh, we also do um, kind of retail, so they have bundle shops and, mm. and bundle clothes some are purely offline uh, sorry online um, we have one um, sells halal confectionery from his from his bedroom uh, he needed a small amount maybe about six thousand ringgit yeah um, first one so that's the kind of micro stuff we do but on the other side we also do smes as well we do invoice financing as well 
um, so that if you have an invoice, you get we can finance your invoice because you're waiting for um, the paymaster to pay. Yep. We finance it before any so short term, three months. Yeah. yeah, three months to six months. Mm. So okay. we do the whole gamut. Yep. I'm curious about the demand for P2P um, today and what it was like uh, pre-pandemic. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, I think mm. the demand actually increased because during the pandemic, uh, Bank Negara Malaysia slashed the interest rates. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the investors or the lenders on our platform and all other platforms were looking for yield. Um, so the average um, yield on a typical P2P investment note is anywhere between 12 to 18% per annum. Um, while you know bank deposits, bank deposit rates were paying maybe two percent at most, maybe one point five. So when the pandemic hit, actually we saw a huge increase in lenders coming on our platform looking for yield. So uh, the demand has definitely increased, um, and also people are looking at alternative ways to finance their business. You know, not everyone um, can pass the strict credit criteria that banks are giving, mm-hmm. so they're looking for alternative space. Mm. But having said that, we still need a long way to go to find to tell people what does P2P financing actually mean. Yeah, but I think also the important part of this adoption was the <clears throat> well, two things. One, I guess, was smartphone penetration. Was twenty eighteen really was about you know nearly eighty percent. I think now twenty twenty two is a lot higher. But I think also the fact that we absorb all the Islamic costs, the Sharia costs, Bakala costs, etc. So mm. then, if we, since we're not passing that cost on, then whether the issuer, Malay, Chinese, Indian, line line wants to raise money, it it's there's no extra cost to them. And likewise, the investors, all the ones who are looking for Sharia assets, because most of our investors are actually uh, looking for Sharia ethical principles as uh, TD. Uh, I think Danny always says they go hand in hand, ethical and uh, Islamic principles. And uh, basically, yeah, so it's, I think that's, that was also a good part of the growth. Like the fact that since we absorb all these costs in between, whether they raise conventional Islamic, the costings and the returns are the same. Mm. I think if you look at the overall market, you see that um, in terms of the funding dispersed for the P2P uh, financing space since they launched in 2016, it's just under 2.3 billion ringgit. Mm. Um, and mm. since the pandemic, it's actually grown at a faster and faster rate. So there's yep. a lot more demand uh, for P2P financing. Now, um, earlier on, uh, Tengkudani, you mentioned that report that was issued by the Securities Commission, I think in, I think it was last year, 2021, yep. which showed the 90 billion ringgit funding gap for micro SMEs. And this phenomenon is reportedly likely to continue and, you know, to exacerbate if there are no alternative methods raised. So what are your thoughts on this and and why do you think uh, P2B can be a solution? I think because it's it's always, P2P financing will always be an alternative financing uh, option for people. We we always take care of the um, businesses that fall through the net of traditional banking. So if if it's too strict to get a loan from a bank, then come to us. Mm-hmm. Um, because of this gap, there's there's a definite need for this alternative financing. Uh, I think the government has has noted that, which is why you know they're giving out these licenses to the P2P operators, mm-hmm. and even more so, Bank Negara Malaysia is now giving out uh, digital banking licenses. Yeah. So there's a big opportunity and big market um, for you know all to serve and to help you know, small micro-enterprises and SMEs grow mm. to the next level. 
Uh, also, I think the MicroD Plus was launched also to take care of the invoice financing. And because we use the invoice as a security as well, uh, we make sure it goes through a secondary current account that uh, Tungu Danny and myself are the uh, co-signatories and uh, co-internet banking uh, checker maker. So at least that's the check and balance as well. And then same thing, when the invoice gets paid, it pays to the, to the account that we control, then we, we will pass the money on to the trustees, trustees pays the investors. If it's a one-time deal, we close the account. If it's But usually the invoice financing deals that we have are multiple, mm. so we just keep that account going. So Because then at least we know there's that check and balance. Because otherwise, invoice, especially pre-sales invoice financing, like what we do is if we uh, provide the financing and then if we don't get that money back, mm. then they could you know jolly, jolly well run away. So at least in this case, there's that check and balance as well. So, right. yeah. Okay, we are going to need to take a quick break for some messages. But when we come back, we talk about P2P financing from an investor's perspective, as well as some P2P platform dupes out there. All that and more happening on Resource Centre. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Beyond Frivolous Mishmash, BFM 89.9. And we're back. You are listening to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Uh, in the studio with me today, it's always nice to have um, physical human beings yes, in the studio with me today. I have Tunku Danny Nasefuddin Mudzafa, CEO and founder of MicroLeap, as well as Matthew Fernandez, partner and CEO. COO of MicroLeap. Now, uh, as an advocate to peer-to-peer financing, uh, Tengku Danny has seen firsthand how quickly the financial gap can be closed when business owners experience better cash flow and fewer struggles after obtaining um, the funds that they need from independent investors. Uh, Tengku Danny, maybe you can give me some examples of, you know, the the... The, the stories that you've seen, the success stories that you've seen, you know, following uh, successful P2P lending. So, uh, as you said before, so um, the Pisangoring seller down in JB was a definite success story. But also look at in terms of the investors or lenders on our platform. Why why did they come to us? Uh, why they come to MicroLeap? and also the, the, the larger market. So um, it's a very much hashtag jigakatakita, as we say. Uh, yeah. And um, so we want to build a community where the lenders will help um, MSMEs get the financing they need. The investors in return will get you know, a return on their investment, their, their loans or financing. Mm. So um, that's the kind of build the community that we want to foster and build. So for um, on our platform, uh, it's not just about financing, it's all about impact. They want to help um, these micro-enterprises, these SME get the financing that would, um, for them to grow their business and take them to the next level, which they just can't get it from traditional means. Mm. Um, and also being shark compliant, uh, we have both uh, Muslim investors and non-Muslim investors um, because the non-Muslim investors believe in the ethical um, nature of shark compliant financing you know when they invest on our platform and it's shark compliant they know they're not investing in an alcohol company a gambling company mm. or even a tobacco company and they know that it's an ethical investment and you're making an impact so that's the kind of uh, kind of community that we want to grow and I think we're getting at that level right now yep I want to talk more about what's in it for the investors uh, mm. when it comes to P2P. You know, I understand the short-term nature of P2P um, can help investors, you know, see quicker uh, returns. But is there more to it, you know, from an investor's perspective? Why would you want to be an investor uh, uh, on a P2P platform? 
Yeah, for one is you're you're providing first-hand impact onto a small business. Um, you know, if you if you put a, uh, your deposit in a bank, the bank will pull the money together and then they will disperse it to normally very high credit quality uh, names. But if you become a P2P investor on our platform, you're really helping these muchies get the financing they need. You're helping this SME, you know, um, get the the short-term financing they need. And mm. at the same time, you are enjoying high returns than you would get compared to a deposit rate. Mm. So there's both good yield, good returns, but also the impact um, a portion of mm. uh, investing in an investment note on a P2P platform that people people enjoy. Yeah, and then also it, I think it's good to point out that the returns are monthly. You know, so versus whether it's unit trusts, uh, etc., that are paying yearly or you know over a, a long stretch of time, we are paying monthly, and you know, and usually most of our investors are using the auto invest uh, that actually compounds your returns over the next, especially if the notes are three months, three months, three months, and if you're not taking it out or you don't need to take it out so fast, you can actually just let that grow and maybe you'll earn a compound or maybe uh, closer from maybe from a uh, twelve to eighteen, you might actually earn more than that. Mm. So that's one. And then I think also yeah the fact that again we these they 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 used to what they used to them they know immediately whether uh, our our website's similar to Kiva in the sense that it's personalized so and there's a fact sheet downloadable fact sheet as well so you get to know exactly who you're investing in why they need it for and you know you you as um, uh, uh, as I, I like to call him TD TD likes to uh, point out that at least you know you know exactly what what you're investing in. You know, it's like, it's a bit more personalized in that sense. So mm. the impact is immediate. You know? What kind of checks go into the investors portion before you allow them on the platform? So uh, we have to do, of course, do our anti-money laundering checks, uh, which is very strict. We have to make sure that an, they are an actual investor. Um, so we have to check the IC, um, make sure that uh, the source of income is, is checked. Uh, and so we want to make sure that the right people come on our platform. Um, you know, if there's any anti-money laundering checks and um, they, the red flag is, is pointed out, then we, we can't point, um, put them on our platform. Um, so we are very strict and we follow the guidelines of Securities Commission. Mm. Have you mm. noticed any trends on the kind of investors that actually come on this platform? Are they like uh, former entrepreneurs, retired professionals? You know, do you have mm. any data on your investors? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice spread. So we have um, a lot of people who are retired, um, who has some idle cash, and they want to invest in child-compliant investment notes. Mm. Um, they're the ones who maybe will lend or invest with bigger tickets items. And then we have the uh, smaller kind of crowd, the real crowd, who just have a small amount of idle funds. They maybe invest 50 ringgit, 100 ringgit at a time. Mm. Um, but we also have uh, corporate corporations and institutions on our platform. Um, so those have, you know, instead of putting it in a bank at, at 2%, they really want high yield between 12 to 18% per annum. So we get a, a large gamut of, mm. of investors. Right. Yeah. I'm just curious here because um, you were mentioning before we came on air that you were last on BFM towards the end of uh, the year 2020. And back then you had dispersed uh, 1 million plus. Yeah, so and end of October, I think 2020, we were on um, Open for Business. I think we had only dispersed 1 million ringgit. Uh, as of uh, recently, June 2022, we've dispersed 27 million ringgit. So our growth, growth is huge. 
and hopefully we can carry on growing yeah. at that massive quick yeah. pace. Yeah. yeah, I think it's also, you know, we always look at the, the balance of both. We have to, we will always have our micro in hand, but uh, micro SMEs in hand, but the micro plus is actually, and again, the Islamic bit is when we really took off. Yeah. Now, I understand that there are actually P2P platform dupes out there. Can you tell me more about this and, and how it's disrupting business for licensed platforms like yourselves? Yeah, mm. so sometimes because I'm, I'm always looking at the P2P space, the peer-to-peer market, um, I always get suggested posts on FB. <laughs> and some of these suggested posts are people who claim to have a license from the Securities Commission. So still, hey, I'll call Matt. Matt, look at this. You know, what we're going to oh do. And Matt, Matt's the enforcer. So Matt, you tell, <laughs> yeah. tell Audrey what, what you do. Yeah, exactly. No, we, I mean, first things first, there's, there is a committee within Securities Commission anyway. So we'll let, we'll let our registered market, because we're a registered market operator. So we'll let the RMO team find out straight away, but X, Y, Z. And then thankfully, he's done all his screenshots. So even if they deleted his post, so they, you know, we, we have it already. And the best part is sometimes they'll openly admit that, yeah, yeah, because are you licensed with Securities Commission? Yes. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they actually said that. Because they're of not. Of course they have yeah. to say yes. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, you advertised it. It was one yeah. of the bullet points in the advertisements. So it's like, you, wow. I mean, the, the cojones and the gumption on these people, like, you know? <laughs> so, it, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not just those guys. If you get some who, they say that, oh yeah, it's a trustee setup, and then, but nowhere close, you know? So, I mean, because otherwise, if, if you're not licensed by either one, there's only two regulators anyway. Mm. So you're not licensed by Bank Nagara or Securities Commission. I don't think you should, you know, actually bother to try, but I think I don't think it'll stop either. I, I, I see that there'll be more and more of these guys who maybe even if they're thinking of getting the license, they might straight away say that, hey, come, come to us. Yeah. I mean, so, you know. so what happens is Matt will speak to Securities Commission. Yeah. Securities Commission will actually contact um, that platform or supposedly platform mm. and call them and said, how can you say that you're licensed when you're not? And then most of the time they, they take off the advert, you know, mm. offhand. Yeah. Um, even worse, if they still continue, then the Securities Commission will come in and stop them and close them yeah. down or even block their, their website. So there mm. are many ways that, you know, that our regulator will do to enforce this. Because yeah, it, it gives a bad name if, if, say, for example, you lend to an unlicensed um, P2P financial operator. You know, they can take your money and run away. So mm. my advice to all listeners is always to check um, that is regulated. Um, there is a page on Securities Commission website which gives you the list of the eleven P2P financing operators. Mm. So always check that you're reg- that you know you're you're investing in a regulated entity, um, mm. and and just make sure that you don't fall for these uh, scams. Yeah, I, I was on Invest uh, Securities Commission talk recently, Invest Smart, and uh, the shortcut is actually microleapasia.com website. Go straight to sitemap, click on the SC logo you go straight to that website. That's the easiest. Yeah. Has it disrupted uh, business for existing uh, platforms at all? You know, what are the challenges in dealing with these dupes? You know, when you're running a legitimate license yeah. ethical platform? Um, there is, there's, I think it's a small amount of, of disruption. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's because whenever we, well, whenever we see it, we straight away tell Securities Commission. Mm-hmm. And Securities Commission, I say, other P2P players do the same. Because um, all of us want to make sure that uh, everyone invests in a regulated, safe space yeah. um, and under actual rules that we follow. So mm-hmm. us and the other P2P operators are quick to point out any any scams. Uh, so there's 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 minimal disruption. But if we didn't, uh, you know, tell the Securities Commission, it could snowball into something big. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I'm happy that the Securities Commission is open to this, and, and straight away they will call that that uh, supposed scam and, and try to close it down.
Right. Mm. Okay, before I let the both of you off, you know, I understand that um, y- your goal uh, for MicroLeap is to make the platform the optimum P2P platform in aiding SMEs to recover back their business. Um, how do you plan to do this? And, you know, what's next for MicroLeap in the next, in the short term and in the long run as well? I think for us, one is partnerships um, to grow. So we're actually close to a few government-linked companies. We, we, we we're close to SME Corporation, where they've uh, dispersed uh, 10 million financing through our platform. We're also making inroads with actual banks that want to uh, help and and uh, finance um, uh, micro enterprises that they they can't help themselves. Uh, and also, we want to really go national. A lot of the P2P operators are just focused on the Klang Valley, mm. but there's a huge market outside of the Klang Valley. Um, and happy to say that we, according to the Securities Commission, we were the only platform that had an issuer in every single state in Malaysia. Um, so mm. we want to go outside Klang Valley and really help people in Sarawak, Sabah, you know, you know, borrowers who need financing in Trunganu, um, you know, Pahang, uh, Kelantan, all ev- everywhere that we can help. Equal access mm. to the platform. Yes. All yeah. over. And it's in English and BM as well. So, you know, that's that makes it easier. All right. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. For uh, everyone out there listening who'd like more information on MicroLeap and MicroLeap Plus, uh, is there a website that they can go to? How can they get more information? Yep. They just go on www.microleapasia.com and everything is there. Yep. And all our socials as well. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, just uh, look up for MicroLeap. Just make sure you don't go to a fake page, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> and if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. I've been speaking with Tunku Denny, Nasaifuddin, Muzaffa, as well as Matthew Fernandez from MicroLeap. This is Audrey Raj and you've been listening to Resource Centre on Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.